Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe bi-weekly podcast. My name is Ben Kovaka and I'm distressed at analyst here in London. This week I am joined by my colleagues, analyst Nur Sehur and reporter Aurelia Seidelhofer, and we will be looking at the latest developments with Senvian and Nearstar, as well as highlights of some other credits in the spotlight. French recycling and waste management company Paprex 2025 bonds rose by five points to the mid-90s after the credit reported positive Q4 results and a 30 million euros asset sale. In the conference call discussing the results, management described a difficult operating environment with exports to China not recovering as much as initially expected and changes in the landfill taxes in France making it difficult to predict earnings. However, management's EBITDA guidance for 2019 is encouraging with a 14% growth expected to 190 million euros. Net debt to EBITDA stood at 5.3 turns at the end of 2018, and the company is targeting 4.7 turns by the end of this year. Intralot's 2021 bonds fell about 7 points to 73 after the Greek gaming company reported its earnings three days ago with EBITDA falling driven by a range of factors. Some were expected, such as OPAP's contract repricing and FX headwinds, while others, such as US weakness, less so. On a full-year basis, proportionate EBITDA stood at 77.3 million euros, while proportionate net debt was 660 million euros. On the call, the company said it will focus on cost rationalization and operate on a business-first approach, which suggests the company would look to regain some momentum ahead of addressing the upcoming maturities. It is also in discussions with lenders to renegotiate its covenants. Now to Nearstar and Senvian. Noor, can you uh, quickly give us an overview of uh, where we are in the Nearstar's restructuring process? Yes, sure. So Nearstar, which has been undergoing a debt restructuring in the wake of its 340 million euros bond outstanding in September, this week announced its recapitalization plans. The company has entered into a lockup agreement with ad hoc coordinating committees of lenders, including Trafigura and 57.5% of its bondholders. Nearstar requires a majority of creditors holding 75% by value in each of the relevant classes for the restructuring plan to go ahead. So could you shed some uh, light on the key terms of the recapitalization plan? As per the plan, Trafigura is set to take over 98% of Nairstar and has agreed to provide a $250 million secured bridge finance facility to ensure smooth operations. Trafigura has also agreed to extend its $650 million existing trade finance facility for five years. Nairstar is also expected to get a 160 million euros new RCF with a five years majority. 100 million euros of this new RCF will be financed through the lenders of the existing secured commodity trade finance facility and 60 million by the holders of the specific prepayment and bilateral facilities. So what would be the expected recovery for the holders of the structured commodity trade finance and other facilities? As per the plan, lenders of the 600 million euros secured commodity trade finance facility who finance the new RCF will have 100% of their debt reinstated in comparison to 85% reinstatement for non-participants. Politis prepayments, Hydra prepayment and bilateral facilities 
will also be amended and reinstated with a five years majority and a guarantee from Rafigura. Holders of these facilities who finance the new RCF will have 47.5% of their debt reinstated compared to a 37% for the ones not financing the RCF. So um, what does the recapitalization plan imply for the bondholders? Nairstar has three unsecured bonds consisting of the 2019 and 2024 and a 2022 convertible bond. These bonds are collectively worth 955 million euros. Under the restructuring plan, all of these bonds will be treated equally and they will receive new instruments worth 568 million euros. These instruments will consist of subordinated perpetual securities and senior notes issued by Trafigura and a zero coupon commodity price linked instruments, which will be guaranteed by Trafigura. So um, let, let's put a number on the recovery. Uh, what, what, what recovery does this uh, exactly imply here? As Nairstar's 955 million euros of unsecured bonds are converted into 568 million euros worth of new securities, this would imply roughly a 52% recovery after discounting the zero coupon commodity price length instrument. Thanks, Noor. So a few weeks ago, we talked about Senvian, uh, which is a German wind turbine company. Uh, it ran into difficulty in a challenging market. And this week, uh, the company made a few crucial announcements regarding the company's future. So Aurelia here, who has been covering the company, is uh, to, uh, here to tell us about uh, the latest updates and the latest news. Aurelia? Hi, Ben. Um, yeah, so Senvian filed a petition to commence um, insolvency and self-administration on Tuesday, April the 9th, and then secured a 100 million super senior dip facility with a tenure of 12 months on Wednesday this week. And in the same release, the company highlighted that it installed 366 megawatts worldwide in the first quarter, more than double year over year. Um, so was there any particular trigger uh, for the administration filing? W what is the rationale for this? Well, the company has, as you said, been facing liquidity issues due to project delays and other operational issues. And in Germany, there is the concept of personal liability for the company's management. And this law requires management to file for insolvency without delay and in any case no later than three weeks from the occurrence of circumstances providing grounds for the op opening of insolvency proceedings. The insolvency filing came after the sponsor provided 40 million in bridge financing in January and after an offer by Davidson, Kempner and Anchorage, two hedge funds, to inject 100 million and this was um, rejected because of the conditions attached to it. It could have been very well that the company directors filed afterwards so as not to be personally exposed. Um, all right, so back to the new money, uh, which the company secured in the end. Uh, where exactly does this money come from and do we know any of the terms? Well, this was provided by lenders and bondholders in order to make sure the company is able to carry on business operations and provide funds to its non-insolvent subsidiaries. Davidson, Kempner and Anchorage own about two-thirds of the company's notes. The new money follows the uh, $82 million overall provided by Centrebridge over the last nine months, including the $40 million I mentioned earlier. 
And without the new money, the chances would have been slim that the company would survive. And in the case of liquidation, everyone would be worse off, of course. So the provision of new money seems to have been more a matter of negotiating acceptable terms for everyone. In, this is important in particular for the guarantee facilities, because uh, the more projects Zenvian completes, the more gets released out of these guarantee facilities, in addition to and cash inflow, of course, when projects are um, completed. So did we see any move in that after the new money announcements? Well, Zenvian's share price moved up from about 70 cents per share to about 1.30 per share after the news. Uh, just to put this in context, a year ago, the shares traded at uh, 10.70 euros per share. But there's almost no trading in the bonds at the moment, uh, mainly due to Davidson and Kempner's and Anchorage's concentrated holdings. Um, so what do we know about the money needs of the business? Is the kind of the 100 million euros a temporary solution or has there been anything kind of longer term contemplated? Well, we estimate that the facility is a temporary measure and the company needs more structural changes to survive. But the facility will allow Zenvian to finish, finish existing projects and free tied up working capital. So what exactly are the next steps? So the legal proceedings protect the group from its creditors and the German process is designed to allow a debtor to retain possession and control of its assets while undergoing reorganization. However, as the process is supervised by a court appointed trustee, the court can revoke its decision to initiate restructuring proceedings before the expiration day of the period initially set by the court, if the planned restructuring measures become unachievable or the preliminary creditors committee demands a revocation of the restructuring proceedings. So is there anything uh, that's really necessary for the approval, um, any boxes to tick? The insolvency plan will have to be approved by all classes of lenders, with a majority by number and by value voting for the plan. If there is no unanimous consent among the different classes, then a cross-class cram-down is possible if at least 50% of creditor classes agree to the plan and if the parties who disagree are not put in a worse position compared to a liquidation scenario. So we are now in insolvency proceedings and the company is likely to draw up an insolvency plan and explore some other solutions like an MA process, for example. This could take between three and six months. If this does not, does not work, there could be a full-blown insolvency. Thank you very much, Aurelia. And uh, this is it for uh, this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we will be back in two weeks.